Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one epic horse-riding montage at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we're talking about Minute 43, which starts with uh, the elven smith smacking the sword one last time with his hammer, and it's cool. And then uh, the rest of the minute is Gandalf on a horse. Yep, and he said he's he has two lines right. It in ends. A minute. It ends with Gandalf riding through the streets of Minas Tirith. Yeah, very intently. There are there are only two lines in this minute, which are we have just passed into the realm of Gondor. Minas Tirith, city, city of, of kings. kings. Yeah, and we get that nice shot of the so of the city itself from the from far away. This, the score, um, in this minute. Yeah, I like how we get yet another little snippet of the fellowship theme well yeah because it's the kind of the the peaks and and valleys of the fellowship theme are themselves the gondor theme it's like it's really close because the fellowship theme is kind of built out of themes for these different peoples well the fellowship theme is like i i think i think he chooses to use the fellowship theme here because it is still it's still two members of the fellowship yeah. traveling together. Like we get it with um with Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn in the uh two towers a lot. Yeah. We got the fellowship theme earlier on with yeah, with Aragorn, Legolas, and I think Gimli. Yeah. This is this isn't as full. Like this is this is a pretty no, light. No, it's just it's just like a, a snippet. Like it doesn't even finish the theme, but it it's there. Yeah. And then it it, it um it goes directly into the Gondor theme. Yeah. Which I like. Because both of the themes are very brass heavy. Yeah. Um, and like bombastic. So I think that's why you think they are like similar. They're like, the way they are composed is similar. Mm. I. They work together well. I kind of want to listen to them uh, over each other. Because hearing them so close to each other right there, it seems like the... I, not the crescendos, but like the the high points of the beat are all like in the same place. The on but, beat, yeah, between the two themes, and like that's where the highest volume of each beat of both songs is, is in the same places. I, I think that I think the the my brain is having a really hard time remembering terms, but like the beat refers to tempo, how fast the music is going. Okay, so the like the crescendo is the volume of the music. Okay, so yeah. So I, I feel it sounds to me like there's a similar tone and the the crescendos are in the sim, are in almost the same places, like in the same measure that in the same like length of the measure that we hear in this minute. Like the 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 peaks of volume are all in the same place and they're a similar tone. And it makes it sound to me like the fellowship like the Gondor theme is a piece of the fellowship theme literally pulled out of place and given more of its own backing separate from it. So like the fellowship theme is constructed of the themes of other places and then structured together. 
that's it it feels that way to me in the music especially here well i think that's why i want to hear them side by side which i'll go do on my own at some point i think that's the intention with this piece of score because it's supposed to be tying everything like i think throwing the fellowship theme in there like even for the briefest moment like it it makes you recall because the point of score is to like not necessarily be heard all the time but Mm. it's for like subconscious like emotional brain things like so we are we we see the fellowship we hear the fellowship theme again and we are reminded that like oh yeah like not only is gandalf like a very powerful wizard and pippin's out of his element but like these two genuinely care about each other and like they are friends the way we use the word underscore is that is that descended from the musical term or did that come separately? I don't know. I have no idea. Because you've just made me wonder. That you've just given me that linguistic question. Yeah. But you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. When you're watching a movie... Um, you're not always aware of the score. In fact, oftentimes, I'm just not aware I think, of the and score. I think, I think that's intentional. And like when you do sit up and pay attention... It's when the score drops out most of the time. Well, no. I mean, like when you do sit up and pay attention for me, and maybe that's just because I had a lot of musical training yeah i mean but like i am able to pick up on different um character themes so when when it's thrown into the mix like this it's just like oh okay that that's that theme that reminds me of this character this character this character right well it's, it's like how the the it's like how the golem theme and the ring theme are so close yeah like the the ring theme and the golem theme are very close but i think um this like the fellowship theme. Oh, these are like, more different. Like we like we used for the outro for our season one. Yeah. You take that fellowship theme and then you compare it to like the Gondor theme here, or like even the outro that we use, which is my personal favorite the... rendition of that. But I think the intention with this minute of music is for them to sound similar. Mm. Because it's supposed to flow from one thing into the next. Like these these characters like it's reminding you of where these characters started, and now we're looking at where right they're where ending. they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean that. I guess that's kind of my point, anyway. Is that the these two themes in this minute are so similar? Like the the Gondor theme. I don't want to say it's more simple, but it sounds like it has a lot less uh, variety of instrumentation in it than the Fellowship theme does, because the like the 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 drums and the brass is so much louder than everything else. The fel- um because the fellowship theme you can hear strings, you can hear all kinds of stuff in it. In this minute, I I just mean in general, but in this minute, I think the fellowship theme it still has. I think it, more the, of those pieces the than the Gondor theme does. Is similar, and it's supposed to be similar. Like it's supposed to be seamless, but like I pay attention to musical themes mm. most of the time. Sometimes, like yeah, I. I I'd be curious to just kind of pull the sound out of uh, the the score out of this scene and like back up the Gondor theme over the Fellowship theme in the minute and see how close they really are played over each other. Because to me... That sounds like a nightmare. Because to me, in this minute in particular, it sounds like uh, all the crescendos are literally in the same beats of the measure if you were to pull it back over each other in this minute. Right. They're supposed to be similar. Right. But th- that's what I'm saying. That was my original point. Oh. Was that like all the crescendos are on the same beats in the You're score here. You're confusing me. Why huh? does it matter when when the music gets louder? 
because it makes them sound because if all the crescendos are in like the same place, it makes the tempo sound closer. I it makes everything about what them sound more similar when the the crescendos and the it's the opposite of a crescendo. Decrescendo. It's just called a decrescendo. There's not a different special word. No, it's a decrescendo. Uh, well, whatever. I couldn't remember. I don't know. You played an instrument. Yeah, like 13 years ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago. I played. I played trumpet for six years. Ending thirteen years ago, never I mean, played in an orchestra. I, I played in like an amateur like band at a rinky-dink school. <laughs> like it was. Here are the music books. Yeah. Learn these pieces of music. Yeah. This is literally all we will do. Yeah, but you, you didn't. It have was to, like, a class. Learn like the theory. It wasn't about that. We didn't really. But you t- needed to know how to read the music. Yeah, we learned how to read music, but like I don't remember everything because it was so long ago. I stopped in s- sophomore year of high school. That was thirteen years ago. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Because like my 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 ten year reunion was was like three years ago. Yeah. And you stopped in sophomore. So year? so it was longer ago than that. So it was like fifteen years ago. Because I played music. From the time I was in fifth grade straight through the time I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And that was in 07. Yeah. But, but see, I still remember that. See, but like the the band was a class. It was yeah. an extracurricular. My, my orchestra class was a class. Yeah. So, but, but we didn't do like anything outside of the classroom. Hardly anything. We didn't do like performances? We did like one a semester. Yeah, same here. Is that it? We did See. like we did a Christmas concert and we did a spring concert and mm. then we had like festival things that we mm. had to go do where we got judged by people. See, we didn't do any of that. Like it was we did just our classroom work, like practicing the classroom like three days one week, two days the other because of the way my school schedule was put together. And then one concert at the end of each semester. Yeah, that's like that's yeah. typical high school. Yeah, band. and I just don't remember a lot of that stuff because it was fifteen years ago. <laughs> I don't know. That's I'm such like a musical person, I guess. So I'm con- I just the terminology that you're using to describe what you're hearing is not helpful to my brain mm. because. And I don't remember the right way to describe this. So the only way yeah. I could get you to understand what <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to tell you because is probably to layer them. The 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 volume of the music is so independent from the, the tempo of the music in my head, like as concepts. See, but when I'm just that I'm, I'm just like, I don't un- I literally don't understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> I I would I I guess I would literally have to. To layer them to try to illustrate my point. Because te- all tempo is, all the beats are, is just like what, how fast the music is going. And how, and that is independent of, because you can still play something fast and play it quietly. It'll still, like, it's yeah. completely independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. But, like, I think, I, I think the volume ins- can, can, the volume man- can manipulate your perception of, like different pieces, uh, uh, like different parts of the music. Like you feel music differently when it's played quiet or soft, even if it's the same, quiet or loud, even if it's the exact same piece of music. I think volume changes how you perceive it. Because it does for me. Definitely. 100%. I don't know that. I think there's like multiple factors. 
Because, like, if I'm listening to a piece of music, the first thing my brain wants to do is find the tempo. Mm. I mean, because the... I just, like, trained myself to be like, okay, where's the downbeat? Dun, 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 dun. Like, one, two, three, four, one. Like, like that's mm. why with the, um, the, the Isengard theme, that it's so interesting because that's in 5-4. Right. And my brain is just like, what is that? That's right. weird. 5-4 just sticks out. Right. Why are there five? There should be four. I was or three. So, or six. Why are there five? This is like super recent in my brain because I've been listening to the podcast nonstop. Uh, listening to our I, podcast. No, no. <laughs> I only listen to the Mountain Goats. And recent, like one of the episodes I just listened to, uh, John Darniel is talking about. That's the name of the podcast. I only listen to the Mountain. Yeah, Goats. it's yeah. by uh, it's 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 on uh, Night Vale, right? It yeah, it's Night Vale Productions. It's uh, what's Joseph Fink? Yeah, and John Darniel. Right. Uh, Joseph Fink's the, the writer for Night Vale. I thought he did the, like, the voice of the main character, but I don't, I, no, he that's, doesn't. Um, that's, uh, what's his face? Cecil? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's another guy. It's a, I can't remember that guy's name. They mentioned his him on His name air. is Cecil. Is that his actual name? I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I don't know. But John Darniel was talking about at one point he was trying to concept an album where every song would be in a different, like, uh, a different tempo. So, like, the first song would be 2-4. A different time signature. A different time signature. So, the first song... He wrote the first five songs. So, like, the first song is in 2-4. The second song is in 3-4. The the third song was in 4-4. And then the fourth song was in 5-4. God, that's chaotic. Like, and so, like, you would go through the album and the... the They would just go up. Yeah. And none of them would share. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, he got to... After he, he did 6-4... Or whatever you would, what you would actually call that is probably something else. Six eight. Six eight, and well, that's different. I mean, you can yeah. do something in six four. Right. And he got there, and then he like stopped. He's just like, <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to wrap my brain around this further. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so he wrote like four or five songs, and I was just like, I don't know what to do after this. <laughs> well, then and, it's a, just a concept EP. Yeah. And I guess he hasn't, like, I think he's released one of those songs as a single, I think he mentioned, but for the most part, they just are s- sitting somewhere in his home. That's legit. So, I just I just think it's funny. We're talking about that, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I, I was just listening about, about them talk about this thing. Yeah. I really like all the, um, just to get away from music. All these galloping scenes? All these galloping scenes. That totally is, looks is like the forest the that they go forest? through. Yeah. yeah. It looks like the forest from a couple minutes ago. It look it looks it looks exactly the same. I bet it was filmed in the same place. Um, they are riding a barrel on a track, by the way. Sick. I or like there's river like crossing. Yeah, they're just sitting on a barrel, bouncing up and down. And this when... is like the most effective visit New Zealand ad I have ever seen. Yeah, that shot of Minas Tirith is gorgeous. Uh, I think it is one of the best establishing shots for the scale of the city that we get. Yes, it's there's this shot that establishes the scale externally and then i think it's right at the it's either right at the tail end of next minute or in the first half of the the minute that'll go up on friday you're looking down at the courtyard and you can see pelinor field stretching out i really like this this um helicopter shot crane shot whatever Mm. the the helicopter shot of gandalf running through the city yeah that ends the minute and then you're just panning out to see like all the buildings and all the people like this to me, Edoras um, does not feel, I mean, I know it's not supposed to feel as populated as this, but like, I don't think we got a good idea of the scale of Edoras like we do with the scale of Minas Tirith. Yeah, you never really get a good feel for how many people might live there. Right. Like, is it a village? Like, this is a city. 
Right. It feels like it. Yeah. This is this place is massive. It's awesome. So you got to figure. So we're looking at this. I really like like how all the buildings seem to be made out of the same material from the mountain. Like, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Really, really quickly uh, in the in the director commentary, Peter Jackson is talking over this scene of Gandalf riding to Minas Tirith and up the streets of Minas Tirith. And he's just like he, he mentions that. This is the kind of indulgent scene you feel like you have time to put in a movie in the first half, but you would never do after the climax of your movie. Um, He's just like, this is just totally indulgent. And it's something that we're doing here now at the beginning. You would never do this after a certain point in a film. Why would it be? Because it would just slow your movie down. Why would it be indulgent? It's I mean, it's setting the, the scope of it's broadening the world. I mean, we did just see a full minute of galloping. Yeah. I think that that's probably more of what he's talking about. Oh, I see. Just because the... this this shot of, of Minas Tirith. Like oh, the, you want this. The, the back half of the minute. Yeah, dude. That's why I watch. That's why I like read and like consume fantasy science fiction. Like I want to see the cool thing. Yeah. Show me the cool thing. Show me the cool thing that can exist in reality. Yeah, for sure. Like I think the closest thing that we get to this shot is the shot of um, the Argonath. Yeah, uh, and some of the stuff with Barador. That's what it's called, right? The Argonath. Yeah the the Argonath the Argonath on the the river. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the two the two the statues two, of the, the kings. Statues, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I like that, and I, I like those two shots in particular. This one and the one from Fellowship because it establishes the grandeur of Gondor before we even get here. Yeah. Like. Because it's the it's the distant, faded leftovers of what this kingdom was yeah yeah and the scale of it is still incredible yeah so like what is this place going to be when we when we get here what's it going to look like Mm -hmm. like Um, even the ruins that yeah that we see scattered about well like and the the movie doesn't focus on it but the ruins of weathertop when you think about the scale of what that must have looked like as a watchtower Mm -hmm. isolated like it is away from everything else with the ruins of what at one point was a tower on top. Yeah. Like, what did that look like at its height? And I think that when we are in um, Asgiliath, briefly in Two Towers, we don't get a sense of that scope either. But, like, I think it's because it's a different kind of movie, like we've talked about before. Like, yeah. Well, Two Towers is about, like, the, the nitty-gritty yeah. minutiae of but, war. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when, when Faramir takes them to... It's Osgiliath, right? The one yeah. across the river. And then he lets them go. Yeah. I don't get a sense of, like, the Gondorian grandeur, I guess, that I do from, like, the first movie and this shot. Mm. There's not a lot of grandeur in anything in Two Towers. Yeah. And I don't know if... I mean, it, it must be intentional, right? Even like, in... Right. It has to be. Even in the the, the filming of the... The well, Great I mean, Hall. Because is, in this movie... There is grandeur in... in um, I mean, we, we, we talked about... The Great Hall of, of Edoras yes, so much, but like the 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 way all the scenes in the Great Hall Great Hall are are filmed in Two Towers, and then you compare them to the the scenes in this movie where we get to see the Great Hall during the day, and we right. get like nice, fully lit shots of the inside, and it makes it feel more grand, and that's just part of the the visual tone of this movie, yeah, compared to the Two Towers. That's fair because the Great Hall looks better in this movie. Yes. Yeah. 
Because well, it's lit is, better. Yeah, which is on purpose. They, all of those decisions clearly were done to give you a different tone. So this, uh, the galloping scene was directed. They actually call out the guy who directed it this time. Oh, good. Uh, uh, John, John Mahaffey directed most of the galloping stuff with, with Shadow Facts. And there are, it alternates depending on what you're looking at, whether or not there's scale doubles being used and what scale doubles are being used. But there are a couple shots that you can see where it's just, uh, Ian McKellen is sitting up on like a big pillow on the barrel and Billy Boyd is making himself look small. And they're, they're in the same shot. Acting. Acting. <laughs> Just so they can get some shots of both of their faces together when they're they're riding around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this this sweep up Minas Tirith isn't over yet. Like it's gonna keep going into next minute and the continuing to establish establish the scale I continues in the next the, minute. I, I like this whole little sequence up the streets. I love the architecture of Gondor. Yeah. It's it's rad. I'm excited for the end of the week. Yeah. When we are in the... we Just barely. The palace? Just barely. Oh, okay. Oh. Ooh. So we start off the week, like, just throw it open the doors and Denethor... No, we, we're going to... I think this week ends with I Denethor... I should know this, but, like, without, we'll find without, out organically. Without looking at the spreadsheet, just thinking about how I took my notes, I'm, I think... So I'm pretty sure that this, this week is going to end with Denethor, like, splitting open the broken horn. Mm. I think this week ends... Either a few seconds before or a few seconds after that. I don't remember. Okay. I'm not sure if we see Boromir at the very last second of this week. I that would be a trip, wouldn't it? Be like, Happy Friday, here's a here's a dying Boromir. Here's a dead Sean Bean. <laughs> um, but I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. That, that's all. I've folks. got some other notes about Gondor, but I'll save them for tomorrow. Right. Yeah. We're here for a while. Yep. We're here for a long time and a good time. hey So, <laughs> we're from the website DuelingGenre.com. Check out some of the other Dueling Genre Up Movies by Minutes podcasts. You can find them in the drop-down menu on the website. There's a whole slew of them, uh, including, but not limited to, Harry Potter Minute. We had Gary on last week. Hopefully they come back. And we surprisingly didn't talk much about Harry Potter. No. See, I told you. As we promised. (laughs) And uh, hopefully they come back soon. I'm excited for Prisoner of Azkaban whenever that happens. Yeah, me too. I've only seen it once and it'd be fun to revisit it. Yeah. Hermione punching Malfoy in the face. See, that's the... Gives me life. That's one of only two moments from the movie that I will never forget. (laughs) Uh, Spider-Man Minute, Cornetto Minute, Rocky Minute, Jay and Silent Bob. There's a bunch. Listen, love them, etc. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Gondor. Bye. Bye.